I mean, following a structured plan for sure is, is huge, um, but making sure that it's set at what you should be doing because I originally wasn't pushing myself as hard as I should have been. We are live once again. What's up, Ironman and Beyond? Busy high achievers all over the world. This is Coach Angela. We have Danica and John, and we have, of course, Vinetta. Uh, we are going to talk about today. It's a very important topic. It's nutrition and race strategy for your 70.3. How can a simple adjustment in your preparation will change the way you race? And I would say forever, especially for 70.3. Okay. So we are going to talk, uh, talk about how it went for Danica and John. And through their story, we will be able to tackle different things. And I'm actually going to share right now. Okay. Of what we're going to talk about. So you guys know that this one is very important call. It's actually one of the most important because, you know, a lot of you guys may be, you know, just focusing on swim, bike, run, which everyone else do, right? Because it's just common sense. We got to train. But then there could be like blind spots that you may be missing. And that's why I would love for you to just really tune in, take down notes. And let me just pull something out here so you guys can see. Uh, this is basically the announcement that we did early this morning. So today we're going to talk about, here you go, how to plan for your race so you're per, you perform at your best without wasting time on unimportant details because we are very busy. We want to just focus on the main things. What to do, for example, if you had some discomfort or pain during training, don't freak out, but what can you do, right? Okay, what else? What to do so that you don't end up cramping at the race? How do you dial in your nutrition? How about if you leave somewhere when it's just cold and you don't have open water access? Do you wait for open water access? Or how about if you don't have a bike yet? Do you invest on a bike? Will that be okay if you just only do uh, indoor training? What else? How can I make sure that my training is pushing me just enough Okay, just enough when you're actually getting to your best fitness at the race, but avoiding overtraining. Okay, so where do you find the balance on that one? How do I know if I'm drinking enough? What do I, how do I do, uh, how do I know what my target speeds? Okay, or uh, how do you deal with men, uh, you know, the mindset, especially during the run? And I'm super excited to have this call because I know. We all will learn from Danica and John sharing their experience and also answering the questions. But first of all, let's check out who's listening right now. Hashtag live. If you're here live, we love to hear from you. Or hashtag replay. If it's a replay. Who? Welcome to the new athletes in Ironman and beyond. If you're new, say, I'm new. We got Jeanette. Let's we got out. Victor. We got... Our Sheila, we got Justine, Justine and Pauline. All right. We awesome. got a few people coming in, joining in now. I want to start off really quick and welcome all the new members. Hello, Leo. Yes, live, live. So if this is your first time tuning in, okay, say first time, This I'm new here. We do this one weekly and it's, of course, it's free. And we do have a lot of training resource in Ironman and beyond already. So if this is your first time, welcome aboard. And I want you to know who are in this group. We got Paul here too. Hi, Paul. Okay. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about nutrition and training strategy for your 70.3. Okay. So before, before we introduce Okay, John and Danica, let me just tell you something of how we actually met. It was not a long time ago. Okay, well, we actually met in social media. <laughs> so one of them, Danica, Danica is one of you all in Iron Man and Beyond. She's just like you guys, like training and trying to find out what's the best way to train. And then she found Iron Man and Beyond. And then John found one of our posts also. Hey, I need someone to help us out, to help me out in 70.3. So let's tell more about, uh, so John, he's a strong, 
He's strong, experienced athlete. He already finished 70.3. In fact, on his Melbourne, Melbourne Marathon, he got 332 as his fast time. Fast, ha fastest half marathon is also 133. He got sub six hour. The, one of the biggest challenge, though, for John is that he just go for the speed. <laughs> But she get he gets hurt, <laughs> so so that's the setback which we will be talking about. Uh, what what of those challenges that he struggled with, you know, that could have come up or could came up, and how did he solve that one? The next one we also have Danica, Danica from South Dakota. Danica, believe it or not, she's been with us only for from uh, six weeks only, uh, and also she just did a sprint triathlon. Only on September, she got two kids, two and four little cutie ones. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so when we started, she, yes, yeah, when she start, she, she's, she's from running background and she needs a lot of help on cycling and swimming because it's new to her, but let, I'm just going to introduce her. So both of them, so they can tell their story and we can ask them more questions. Who's excited here? I am excited. Yeah, right, we got Scott here too calling. We got Emily. Oh my God, few people coming, calling in so far. All right. So let's welcome Danica from South Dakota. And we got John from California. Welcome, Danica and John. Congratulations, too. All right. So they actually just finished their 70.3 La Quinta. For yes. Danica, it's her first time to finish 70.3. And like I said, she just finished sprint on September, finished in three months and got 70.3. Okay, let me just, uh, so here you go. Let me just uh, show my screen here so you know what I'm talking about. Hold on one second. Right here was the poster. This is John, Ironman La Quinta finisher, sub six hours, uh, 148 minutes, one, per 100 yards on the swim. Great job. You got whooping 20 miles per hour. That's actually 15 minutes PR from your nice. first. That's pretty fast. And a run of 218. Great job, John. And next thing, Danica, first 70.3 Ironman La Quinta. And that was only last weekend. Both of them just finished this one. This is also first 70.3. Uh, How are you guys feeling now that that 70.3 is done, ready for for the holiday seasons. Yeah, certainly, certainly happy um, to get through it in one piece. Um, physically, <laughs> I feel fine. Uh, bit sore, some blisters, the usual stuff. But yeah, certainly a big sense of achievement. Yes. Yeah. All right. How about you, Danica? How are you feeling? You're in South Dakota now that you finish. Uh, how did? How was that finish? That first seventy point three. Um, I feel good, and that finish was it was pretty incredible. I felt really. Good. getting just getting across the finish line for me felt like pretty emotional just the run was super hard on me, which I wasn't expecting it to be that difficult like mentally um I knew it would be but that was probably where all the emotion came from because it was a real battle in the middle of the run to just keep going and I but I feel really good and physically I actually people keep asking me how sore I am and I'm like I feel good I mean there's a little bit of soreness and tenderness but I don't feel like like, does it feel like you can't walk or anything like that? It's not like that. It just, you know, I'm kind of ready to kind of get back into doing some workouts. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but like not super hard training, but I want to, I'm ready to, you know, I, I told somebody I was going to try and do like a zone two run today and they're like, oh, ready? I'm like, just, just something to be moving. You know, I want to, yeah. I like it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Danica, she said that it's, uh, it's hard on the run. Believe it or not, but she she said that, and she's a Boston Marathon qualifier. She did, you know, back in the days. So and she's a fast runner. But she said that that just means it's hard. <laughs> yeah, especially you know uh, that seventy point three. How about you? How are you feeling today, John? Uh, did you feel any pain or afterwards uh, after the race? First off, I was bawling my eyes out when I crossed the finish line, so I can totally relate to that emotion I don't even know always where it comes from I think for me it's a big part part of it is relief you know it's it's a stressful thing to do it's a stressful week in the lead up to your race you know you got all your stuff and especially mm -hmm. the Kinto, which is a split course so 
you really got all got to, all your stuff's got to be super super organized and you know in the right right spot. Definitely uh, felt uh, extremely emotional crossing the line. And for me, the run was absolutely the hardest as well. It was a lot hotter than I thought um, towards the tail end of the bike and then on the on the run. And you know, Danica, I don't know if you there were something like a quarter of people were, didn't finish or something like that. So there was a huge amount of people that um, didn't make it through the run. So I think that for me helped put it in perspective and that real struggle that I felt in that last um, couple of hours, just trying to, just trying to finish, you know, at, yeah. at some point my race plan sort of went out the window and it was like, all right, I just got to <laughs> shuffle to the next aid station and get my Gatorade. And then I just got to shuffle to the next one. That's all I got to do. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, But, you know, it's a great question about, like, what does recovery look like? And, you know, yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, Christmas, you know, I'm just going to eat and not worry about anything. But at the same time, I'm probably the fittest I've been in three years. And I don't want to, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to go backwards. So it's definitely a balance. These people, they're, they're talking about running hard when I know John is eight minutes per mile. I know Danica is around 730 before the race, seven, you know, some, somewhere there, right? But you're mm-hmm. saying it's hard. So everyone, if you're doing something, just just train harder <laughs> because you never know what to expect. It will be great to like, you know, you did your best during the during the training. Okay. So I wanted to ask uh, if we can go back in time a little bit. For Danica, it was only in October. So you, you <laughs> probably saw a post or something. Like what made you even reach out? What was what was going on at that time? Reach out for like to us, oh, like okay. gotcha. when, when we met first for the first time. Um, I it's just I I was really kind of in a starting to panic because I was following training peaks, but I wasn't sure. You know, I I knew I wasn't going to be able to get any open water swims in. Mm-hmm. And can I still do this? You know, like there were just a lot of questions and there's so many, so many things, so many variables I just wasn't certain of. And I knew I needed help. And when I saw one of your, I, maybe it was an ad or something came up in one of my feeds where I, it popped up and I joined the group where I'm in and beyond. Yep. And I thought, well, these people got to know what they're talking about. So I kind of just kept following stuff and I, I knew I needed help. It was like, I knew I needed help. I just need help from somebody. There's nobody in North Dakota. I know that do Ironman. So I was like, anybody, please. <laughs> that was really kind of it. It's just unfamiliar. I just, I comfortable running. I know my body well enough to push myself in a run, but to do it cycling or swimming is kind of different for me. So I, I just needed the help and the nutrition piece. Now that I'm finished and stuff, I realized how critical that really is to fueling your body. That was really big for me too. You yeah. mentioned about, uh, you mentioned about swimming. So we were talking about this one. How many times have you swum in open water? Twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the second time is in the race and then one is, so that that's how, why you're, is that why, what it yeah. is? Because I remember talking. To, uh, it, yeah, go ahead. The only open water swim I've done is for my sprint race. And then this one and for this. like Dumper. Yeah, just these two. And it's only been for races. So, uh, yeah, I really want to get into uh, get a few more in before my next event, I hope. <laughs> one of those concerns that you had, like the panic, am I going to be okay? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, I just, I don't know what I'm doing in, the, in open water really, or is it how much different is it? I have access to a pool. That's not really an issue, but yeah, this, and even after swimming both times, I mean, I know I need more experience in open water, but it was only my second one, but I feel good about it. Yeah. And, and then when you're cycling, I remember you saying, Hey bike, um, I feel like I'm not pushing. I'm just relaxing here. Is that how? Yeah, how, when I was following the training peaks, following the workouts, it just for the biking and the running, it kind of just felt like, am I just do I just go along with this? Do you train a lot lighter to you know kind of accommodate for the fact that you're doing it for so long? And then after I talked to you guys, you kind of mentioned like you should be pushing yourself. You know, you should <laughs> it should be a, a workout and that was adjusted some of the paces that was. You started pushing with just the last six weeks. Yeah, the last six weeks, basically. (laughs) You bumped it up a little bit. Oh, let's ask John. John, before, I don't know, were you in here, you know, were you like trying to relax and not really training for triathlon before you signed up for La Quinta? How were you like last year or how long ago was your last uh, triathlon? 
or a race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sound, sound. We don't want to miss it, John. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, got it. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no, I did a lot of triathlons in Australia before I moved to the US. Um, and you know, new new life um, didn't really have the headspace all the time to start training, but I certainly have always wanted to get back into it. So, um, but you know, I mean, I I still swim and I still bike and I still run, so it wasn't a um, a huge jump for me personally to get back into it um but yeah i mean i for, for me the reason that i wanted coaching is to danica's point i know my body at this point and there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that i do know but then there is a whole bunch of stuff that i don't know you know so um working on my swim stroke which is just the goofy stroke i've had since high school you know i don't know is it good or not who knows um and race nutrition for chore race planning uh, even run technique was something that i never really thought about you know you just kind of go out and run so uh, yeah, that was the main reason for me for uh, for getting it, get, get it, reaching out for coaching. Ah, it's funny you mentioned about swimming again because you came from Australia. You guys are badass swimmers. Dolphins, don't you think? <laughs> I really, I, I, I went there, quit my engineering, go to Australia, mm-hmm. study swimming. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Good, good, good. So, um, and then. <laughs> When you start, actually, I actually have something here. Uh, I did have notes here. All right, so here you go. I look back at what you guys said here. And John, back in June, she, he said, I have had a lot of problems with plantar fasciitis back in 2019 and previously worked through shin splints and stress fracture left tibia. Did that affect you in, during training? Not the shin splints, but certainly I was pretty worried about um, treating the plantar fasciitis just because it's such a slow recovery. It took me, I don't know, almost 18 months to feel um, fully healed with no pain, no pain with running. So that was a big concern because yeah. exercise for me is as much about physical health, uh, mental health as it is physical health. So having the plantar fasciitis and not being able to run was a big deal for me um, personally. So I was very aware of that. And that's why, you know, wanted to talk to you and, and keep you in the loop as much as possible. But even right now I'm standing at my standing desk and I got my spiky ball underneath my, <laughs> underneath my desk. Like I'm constantly aware of that issue and trying to you know, head it off at the past before it um, gets a chance to get inflamed or, you know, trigger, trigger a bigger issue. Did you used to have, that spiky ball on your feet before training or it just um, becomes a habit? Yeah, no, I think it, no, I didn't. I definitely didn't always just um, bring this guy along with me so that I, yeah, I could be constantly massaging. So um, I think that was, yeah, you know, part of it. If I'm going to get into this more seriously, then I want to make sure that I'm um, taking my recovery more seriously, making sure that I do all my stretches as much as possible and, I think I mentioned to you one one time, coach, that I actually needed one less workout a week so that I could still get my yoga in, which is yeah. you know, really important for me for body mechanics and you know recovery and all of that stuff. <clears throat> okay, are you planning to continue that during the off season? Absolutely. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm already back at back at the yoga. It's the same thing. It's a big mental health thing for me as much as um you know physical health. So that will continue for sure. I'm sure I'll be on the bike sometime soon. Uh, I don't know about running. I might <laughs> I need a <laughs> might need a few days to recover. Got you. Got you. Well, I love that you still have your spike ball and you know just being proactive rather than waiting until you know. Because are you in pain right now after the race? Or are you good? Um. I had one pretty bad, Melissa, which was oh, pretty <laughs> painful. But my legs are, they're sort of touch, honestly. So there, there must be some kind of damage there. But no, I've been walking around just just fine. No, no major pain. Okay, good, good. If you guys are dealing with something, you know, post it in the group. Uh, or not, yeah. not in the group, actually, in the, under the comment below. And I mean, you can post anything. But yeah, feel free to like share to us what you guys are going on. Because we could be talking about it right now also. I yeah, about that, uh, you had the broken tibia. Is that good also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I got that during my first marathon. I didn't even realize, but um, oh, wow. Wow. super painful the next day. And I just thought it was, you know, muscle, muscle pain from a big run. And uh, uh-huh. it, I went to a couple of physios and they said, yeah, it's just muscular. And eventually I went to a sports medicine doctor and had an MRI oh, and yeah. said, yeah, no, that's a fracture. so um yeah it's pretty scary to think honestly that you can just run run your leg broken (laughs) 
just oh. basically what happened to me. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a big recovery. And the same thing, you know, it's always so disappointing to be at the peak of your I mean, it's when you're going to get injured, right? Because it's when you're pushing yourself the most. But to be at peak fitness and then have an injury like that, it's such a long recovery. It's, um, yeah, it's a big big mental health challenge as much as a, a you know, physical recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, now let's check in uh, with Danica. Danica, this one was October 23rd. Like I said, <laughs> yeah, October 23rd, which is six weeks ago before you finish your 70.3. I just have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but hey, I, I had this wild idea to sign up for 70.3. Uh, I did a sprint in September, which was three months ago, prior to finishing the 70.3. Uh, just started swimming and cycling. I believe that was August, right? <laughs> August, you are so go-getter. Good job. I just feel slow. I forget to push. I want to be faster on the bike. Not sure what I'm doing most of the time. How about tell us more about that? What was happening then? Like what got me started? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the bike. Well, first of all, my bike is super old. It's my dad's. It's a hand-me-down road bike. <laughs> my dad's old bike, um, but it works for now. I I do plan on getting an actual bike. I didn't want to invest in one until I knew I could finish a race or knew that I'd want to continue to race. I don't know. I don't know if that's how you would do it or how you're supposed to, but um, it gets me from point A to point B. So that's just kind of how I look at it right now. Yeah. like well it works <laughs> but well, yeah so kind of had to learn how to clip in and clip out and uh my dad taught me how to change one of the tires so I just in case I got a flat you know mm-hmm. um but other than that like I've just basically just kind of figuring it out as I go the forget to push thing happens like even on the bike a couple times I realized I was just kind of going and all of a sudden I'm like you know this is the race you could really push a little bit harder and then I came into some headwind and I was like you know what you should just make sure that you're comfortable and you can get done on the bike because you're going to have to run after this Annika so then that was the other thing that kind of thought too while I was but yeah um it was kind of a wild idea just to go with the 70.3 I just thought I'd sign up and see what happens awesome nice I love the support of your dad yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love to support your dad. It's kind of like a little girl. Let me teach you how to change the tires. Who else has support here? Who's your support? Everyone, Ironman and Beyond. Don't we all love them? Thank them of what they do with our crazy sport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Danica, what do you think made the biggest difference for you working together with Coach Shangri-La and the rest of the team, our registered dietitian, physical therapist? Uh nutrition like by far nutrition uh because I don't I was like thinking about it after and I don't know that I would have finished even finished the race for one but would have finished the way I did I felt good finishing I was teetering on cramping a little bit towards the end of my run but for the most part I was comfortable enough to to run and to complete each sport comfortably and I know that's because I was fueling my body correctly mm-hmm. and prior to talking to you guys I it was I was fueling my body but probably with no real basis of like what how I should be doing it like without the um I, the nutrition call that I jumped in on with the um I can't remember what the nutritionist hot, hot seat nutrition and then yeah read are one of our yeah. registered dietitians yep and when I filled out like the spreadsheet and kind of got an idea of like, wait, how many hours, you know, how many calories I'm supposed to be consuming. It was like, I was way off. I was, you know, only bringing a banana or two on like my three hour rides and just thinking like, this should do the trick, you know? And it's like, nope, that's probably not it at all. So then adding in cliff blocks, adding in a jam sandwich, adding in all this stuff so that I would properly, you know, be able to really make it (laughs) was huge. It was probably the most critical thing to all of my, to finishing the race for me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That was the biggest nutrition. Nice. And uh, I remember you said something about being very surprised about the amount of food (laughs) needed for a race, right? I, yeah, it just kind of really does shock me how much you consume from start to end. Like even like, you know, eating oatmeal and a piece of toast and having orange juice and a cup of coffee or whatever. And then, um, even right before the race, I, it was, like a two hour window there. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't going down a complete empty stomach. So I did eat a banana and, um, before I swam and then even getting out of the water, having another bar and half a banana. And then on the bike, 
eating a sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not all at once, but you know what I mean? Spacing it out every hour. So that I'd have, you know, so many cliff blocks, so much goo per whatever. And it, it's, it was a lot. I mean, it's like each thing I had, you know, a couple packages of this and a couple packages of that. And I slammed like 12 ounces of scratch in between my rate in between my bike and my run and then drinking I was kind of doing the same thing um, towards the end of my run where I was like shuffling to the next station and just drinking down in Gatorade. I mean, I was so worried because I could tell that I was going to cramp and I was just so hot pouring water. I don't know. Yeah, it was a lot. You consume a lot. <laughs> Way more than I had actually thought that you would. Yeah. And, and your energy was keeping pretty good with all that consumption, right? Like you had pretty much gotten it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I really felt comfortable throughout all of my swim and all of my, like, I never felt fatigued until probably mile three, four, five, I kind of started to feel like, what did I get myself into? And <laughs> once I got to like seven, I was really kind of hurting. And, and it didn't really occur to me too, that I should, I did miss like half a bar because I was planning on eating half a bar at like partway through my run, but I just couldn't bring myself to put a solid food in my mouth. I was I don't know if it was because it was so hot. It took a lot for me to finally eat that. And at mile eight, I ate it. And then I even felt better though. I ate that. I poured some water over my head and that really kind of, I kind of reset. And I was like, I just got to get to 10. And then once I got to mile 10, it was like, I only left was a 5k. I can do this. This is it. Just, you know, and I did the like shuffle to get Gatorade, slam it, get to the next. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of details. I'm glad you still remember it. You got to put that in your notes for the next race and then, you know, dial in more and then fine tune, right? Yeah. Wow. If you did not have that, because that's a lot of detail. Was that per hour? Were yeah. you about it? Like, okay, what did I eat? Well, yeah, I just kind of kept on my look, kept looking at like from where, like I came out of the water and I looked at like what time I came out. And then every hour I just tried to make sure that I was consuming because you said, you know, you don't want to be under 200 calories per hour. So I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I wonder who said that. <laughs> yeah. So I made sure I had cliff blocks and part of like either at least a bar or a sandwich, like the sandwich that I'd broken into three, I kind of sectioned it out <laughs> for the ride. So, yeah. Uh, let me just share you very quickly what she's talking about. <laughs> the spreadsheet that she's talking about that open up the eyes is basically more of like being in action of putting the numbers and knowing what you're going to have on each period before the race, during transition, during the swim. And then, you know, like uh, what I talked about in one of the free nutrition training is that you want to know about the type, timing and amount. Okay. And actually get the numbers in. So at least you know what you're going to be supplementing it just in case if you drop your bottle. I wonder who here dropped a bottle. Did you drop your bottle? Both of you? <laughs> We're going to have to strap your bottles next time. All right. So now, the, okay, so that was the question. If those people, <laughs> those people who dropped the bottles, we would love to know what you did when you dropped the bottle. Let's see, John. John, when you dropped the bottle, was that in the bike? Obviously, right? Yeah. So honestly, not this race. I have dropped the okay, bottle before. Sure. Um, and it, actually, my last big triathlon, I dropped the bar. And it's the kind of same thing. You know, you don't realize how much you're relying on that plan until something goes wrong. It's like, <laughs> it, it throws you off. You know, instantly, it's like, shit, okay. That's, sorry, I'm supposed to drop. Um, you don't, I, what am I going to do now? I'm going to like have to shuffle up my nutrition or, you know, you, you stop and look for your bottle. You know, it's incredibly disruptive to your mindset and your kind of, I don't know, your headspace. So um, it's not great, honestly, if you can avoid it. But my last try when I dropped the bar, it's exactly what I did. You know, I was a little bit more rational. It's all right. I'm just going to bring up my next bar. I'm just going to overcompensate at the T2 or whatever. I'm going to you know grab another bar and make sure I eat it on the eat it on the run. It's a little harder with the water bottle, depending on the race. Sometimes they don't have water for you to, um, for you to swap it out. So that, that's definitely important. Don't drop your water bottle. <laughs> How about you, Danica? What did you do when you dropped the bottle? Was that in La Quinta? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you do when you dropped the bottle? Well, yeah, it really throws you off for a minute. Cause I, you kind of like scramble, like thinking, well, uh, I, 
luckily I'd had another bottle. I mean, I had two on my bike, so I didn't, I didn't overly panic, but I was thinking, I mean, what am I going to do? I guess I'll just go with I, what you have like 20 ounces in the in your other water bottle. And it was, it wasn't even water. It was scratch. So then I was like, well, I guess I'll have to wait for a water stop and hope that I, you know, and I didn't realize that you get a full water bottle. I mean, luckily that they, ha- I mean, they just, you get the massive water bottle at each. So I was able to grab one and I drank pretty much the whole thing and then dumped it or, you know, tossed it off before the trash mark or whatever, and was able to pick up one more. And I drank about three quarters of that. So it wasn't terrible, but it, it, it did kind of like, throw you off. Yeah. Because, and I think there was only two, were there only two or three water stops on the bike? Oh, that there was, yeah, it might've been three. I don't remember something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it, it did suck at first. I mean, I was like on like the third or fourth mile and just trying to get a drink of water and not wanting to really drink the scratch. Like that was kind of, I wanted to wait to drink that halfway through. So then I was like thinking, well, I guess I'll just drink this instead. So it was an adjustment, but it, it wasn't terrible considering that there are water stops. So yeah. kind of made up for it. Good, good, good. I'm glad you knew what to do, at least mentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, what, I, what, what I wanted to add there, so for example, so hopefully you don't drop the bottle for everyone who's listening to this one. So if you drop the bottle, then w- let's learn the lesson and next time let's drop that b- bottle. But it, just in case it's just really accident, something goes on. So now if you drop your bottle, you want to think about what's in the bottle. Okay. What's in the bottle is fluid. If you have your nutrition there, that w- there will be calories, electrolyte, and carbs. So now if you drop the bottle, you want to make sure that you, you have an alternative and because you know your numbers when you drop the bottle, then get that nutrition, we'd have those four things. Yeah. Okay. So for those it's, people. It's tough. It, begin, it begins to be tough if you replace it only with water because that's not going to be well down the line when you're running. All right. Okay. What about you, John? What made the different biggest difference for you working together with, with the, the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say um, there's a few things for me. The, absolutely the biggest was nutrition because it's kind of uh, honestly pretty daunting. You know, there's many inputs and there's many options. Like, do you eat this kind of food or that? And how much of this does it have? It's all pretty intimidating to try and produce a race plan on your own. Um, so yeah, having helped to do that, to really understand what those inputs need to be. I mean, I mentioned to coach yesterday, one of the most amazing things for me is weighing myself at the start and the end of a ride and realizing how much just how much kilos, like four kilos or something of, of, of liquid that you just sweat off. And that was even with drinking two bottles of water. So I clearly wasn't hydrating enough and not even really knowing it. So um, nutrition, hydration, race planning, certainly, um, certainly really useful. Um, and then honestly, having someone that I can just like ask very odd questions to, like I got an aero helmet and now I feel really hot on my ride. You know, is this a good thing or how do I know if I'm overheating all that stuff, but is, you know, it, you can kind of find it on the internet, but you can find anything on the internet, right? So like, how do you find information that you can actually trust? So um, definitely, definitely that. The, the other thing that I really wanted to get at and, you know, towards the end, um, you know, I dropped off because, you know, of my life. But um, when we were doing the weekly swims as, as a group in Long Beach, mm-hmm. very motivating to know that you're all there waiting for me. I got to get up. I got to, you know, <laughs> jump in the cold water at 5.30 on a Wednesday. It, that's difficult to do on your own. So certainly that was very helpful for me as well. Um, and I guess the, the, the one final thing is, you know, I know how to run, but doing the, the bricks, the combination, those like small, like pairings that you do during the week, I would never have done that on my own. And I think mm. they're pretty useful to, um, training yourself to transition, even just mentally, um, honestly. So that was also yeah, useful as well to have the, the plan, um, arranged in a way that I wouldn't have done it on my own. I'm just digesting what you guys both said. Um, you also improved on your uh, your bike, John. Congratulations. 
you were flying on the bike with uh, 20 miles per hour, increased your FTP to about 220 watts. Uh, you know, um, so that was really, really good. Congratulations on that. And obviously, um, Danica, you got, you got, you got stronger on the cycling. How about uh, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the uh, zones, like the paces, how, 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 Danica, I know you were following a plan, but then there was, you know, you were not really getting feedback or more of accountability, whether you're doing it right. So you're on your own in the beginning beforehand. I think last time when you told me is that you're, you feel like you're not really running because you were running 10 minutes per mile when we know that you're running is 7.30 and it was like six weeks. How did you, uh, did that help you train, uh, you know, like having someone to actually uh, look into what, what you're doing in terms of your zones being very specific? Yeah, that, that definitely helped because I, again, it's just the unknowing of, even being an experienced runner, just not knowing if you train differently for a 70.3. So I'm like, am yeah. I just supposed to be going in a lower zone because I'll be doing more? Is that how they train you? You know what I mean? Like I just didn't have the, and once, um, once you took the look at it and you were looking at my other times and you were adjusting it, um, I feel like it definitely, definitely upped my training and, and it actually pushed me more to to kind of like it more because I kind of like that push <laughs> to, you know what I, I just like the, you know, the added, um, I like to run hard. I mean, I want to, I want to do well. I want to, I want to do like a race pace more often than I want to have, you know, a need for speed sometimes. And it just wasn't hitting the mark in when, before I um, spoken with you. So I, it definitely helped. Okay. Did, did, uh, did you feel any pain during the training? Because I know you added another one where it's a 5k. I think you were running a lot more than what's on your training plan because of some fundraising, I think. Um, yeah, we still have a miles challenge going actually. Um, but, um, I didn't really, I still haven't had too much. Um, I mean, luckily I, I feel pretty, pretty blessed because I haven't had any real issues with injury or pain. Um, I mean, I get a little sore here and there from different workouts and stuff, but nothing that's knowing the difference between pain and just a little discomfort, you know, like I haven't had any real, real injury to worry about. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to John, John, you mentioned about, uh, not knowing how much how much fluid you lose and you start weighing yourself. Were you not doing, you were not doing that before? Had no, no. idea. So yeah, it never occurred to me to do that. Honestly, I, I figured I would sweat a bit, but I would usually get through two, two big bottles of water and I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's like, about right. That's fine. Um, so yeah, uh, of course, knowing that I was sweating and dehydrating, but thinking that I was basically, you know, substituting one for one and realizing that yeah, yeah. was not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before you were only basing it off from your thirst? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd always, I mean, you know, this kind of shows the kind of, uh, but I would always go out with two bottles and I would try and finish them, but that would be for like a 30 mile ride or a 60 mile ride or whatever. I'd, generally never filled these things up so probably not ideal okay because so that's very important for everyone who's watching this one is that the sweat rate does affect hydration <clears throat> of course and knowing what your sweat rate or how much you're sweating it's very very important so you know how much bo how water bottle you're going to be having i also do know uh john that you did practice your nutrition and you know by the time on the race uh, race week you're like coach this is what i've been practicing this is what i did during the previous race so do you recommend to our athletes to actually practice that way, your nutrition? Yep. It, yeah, for sure. Um, for a few reasons. Um, you know, it's just like we were talking about, you lose a bar or you lose a bottle or whatever. Um, that stuff kind of matters when you're in the mindset. You're racing. Um, it's a weird thing that happens to your brain. You know, you're not, you're, you're incredibly focused and you're also not really focused at all. So I would have to like, keep looking at my watch, keep looking at my, okay, now is the time to have my nutrition. Now is the time to have my plan. So it, 
having done it before, it's less stressful during the actual race because you've already got enough stuff to think about. Like you're coming in a transition. All right, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to do this and I got to put that in my bag and whatever. You know, I'm already planning out. You know, how am I going to like get through this as quick as possible? The last thing that you want to be worrying about is oh, when did I last have the bar and how many have I eaten and is my nutrition up to scratch, whatever. But I think the, you know, maybe the more important one is um, you just don't always know how this stuff is going to affect your body. And I remember my earlier races, you, you finished. I, I just felt horrible in the guts. You know, you want, to, you want to vomit or you've got cramps and it's because you're just shoving all this caffeine and sugar and salt into your body and, you know, kind of random ways and that was almost more painful than any of the muscular stuff so i'm very glad that i don't have any of that pain anymore uh, on a race or after a race uh, really in the, in the stomach or the guts so love it that's a that's a great way to describe the difference between having a really good nutrition plan and then not having it and then experiencing all the troubles that happen with that who here needs to test their nutrition <laughs> yeah tell us uh, tell us on the uh, under this live training uh if you guys need help in you know dialing in your nutrition i i'm just going back to your old nutrition danica <laughs> i don't know where you're gonna be at if with, with what i saw what you're eating i'm like oh no <laughs> yeah so definitely uh practice your nutrition uh what i like about john was he said you know like practice it Uh, it becomes like a habit so you don't have to think so much about it um i think you guys both mentioned about planning did that help you also planning your um how did you plan what helped what kind of planning that was new that you were not doing before that you learned just recently is there anything specific go ahead danica um for like the nutrition the planning well just overall just overall overall yeah um like the race planning race strategy Um, yeah, I, well, I feel like the day before and like the day, the week leading up, I mean, just like John mentioned, it's like, there's so many things that you're thinking about and like focusing on and nutrition and, you know, and even like mentally remembering where my bags were like in each transition station, trying to remember, okay, so I'm four in and I'm one row down. And trying to, I took a picture actually of a couple of them just so I could like look at them the night before to make sure that I wasn't running around inside there. Like, a, cause there's thousands. I mean, there's just, I mean, rows and rows and everything looks kind of the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what your stuff is, but yeah, that, I mean, um, those were kind of huge for me. I mean, um, Good. leading up to the actual race. That's actually very, I think it's, uh, it's big because it actually frees up your mind just worrying about things during the race day we're in is like, okay, you got to finish it. And then now I can't find my bike or yeah. the bag. <laughs> so that's a very good tip from Danica because uh, I do the same thing, just taking a visual and then remembering, you know, like you can just sit, look at the image of it. How about you, uh, John? Is there anything uh, new that you did that you used to not do before? I mean, I think the race plan for me was mostly, honestly, about nutrition and hydration. Um, mm. I did have pace targets for myself, this one. I mean, most mostly on the bike, but also on the run. What's really tricky, though, is, you know, for us last week, it was really hot. And, you know, that made it pretty difficult to stick to your plan. So you got to be flexible and not beat yourself up about it, honestly, because I was... You know, I killed the first half of the bike ride. I was super happy with it. And then we, we went, we turned north and it was starting to get hotter in the middle of the day and we had this killer headwind and I was watching my average go down and down and down and I was so mad about it. You know, it's, damn it, I've done all this training and I'm not even going to be able to hit my target. So I probably pushed a little bit harder than I should have on the bike. And then I got off the bike and immediately that I was in pretty serious trouble for the run. Like I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to get through the thing. So I don't know. I mean, that's the two lessons for that for me is, yeah, it's great. It's important to have targets. You want to push yourself. You know, we're not doing this just, just for, just for laughs. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like you get a day like we had with, with, a, with a serious headwind and, and really hot, hot weather, you know, you got to adjust your plan. You got to be okay with that because Yep. you know, otherwise you might not even finish. And that's you know, obviously not what you want. 
You guys are taking notes. That's a good one, actually. Especially, you know, you, you really never know what's going to happen at the race and be prepared for it. And then Arshila uh, asked the question, what does a typical day look like on the nutrition side and training uh, when training for a 70.3? Typical day training. So uh, is that like race nutrition or just like my, my regular diet? I think she's asking about training nutrition when you're preparing. Yeah. Like leading I mean, up like for that week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. That's well, go ahead. Then. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for me, honestly, I just um, yeah, just stick to the basics. I'm not super good with my training nutrition. One thing that I found really helpful is after a big workout, um, having a protein shake or protein bar helps me recover. Like I get less sore. That's a that's a big big tick for me generally i mean but you know i don't do it all the time it's just if i remember or i happen to have the powder or whatever um but in a race week you know just no alcohol honestly for me it's the month before a race i don't drink at all um and i try not to have any bad foods you know lots mm -hmm. of uh, fruit and veg no no sugar no fat as much as i can okay. um and lots of carbs you know it's not it's not rocket science i mean i'm sure you can take it a lot more seriously but that's that's generally generally how i approach it Yep, I agree with John. Anything you can add, uh, Danica? Um, mine's pretty uh, fairly similar. I mean, I I wanted to make sure that I was adding in whole grains. Um, and I usually like say like if I have an open face sandwich like for lunch or for dinner, I would actually just do during for the week. You know, make sure that I had whole grains in each of my main meals, the three. You know, and I'd have a whole sandwich which weirdly is harder to eat during training. I don't know why during that this last week, but cutting back on sugar for sure. And then no alcohol. I, I don't, I don't hardly drink ever anyway, but like, I definitely won't allow alcohol in my diet. Um, six to eight weeks, even prior to, I haven't, um, just to, just because I want to be in a really healthy place, Good. I guess. Yeah. And sugar will slow me down most of the time and kind of make me feel clunky. So that's a big one for me. It definitely makes sense, uh, especially because it's anti-inflammatory, focus on those things, sugar, right? And be able to recover and get your body just flush all the toxins. Great. Yep. Awesome. Nice. Are you guys learning, everyone? That was a, that was a lot of I insight. know. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, from Feisty Fox Coaching, Danica and John, we are so proud of you. I know it's just the beginning. I am so happy. It's holidays. Um, so much growth ahead of you. For everyone who, of you who's watching Danica and John's story and learning a lot, if you've been inspired, say hashtag value if you got a lot from it. Put down below what you've learned so actually so other athletes who are actually going through the comments will be able to like oh yeah i missed that one out let me look for it i want to learn more about it so that's what we do here in feisty fox coaching we help busy achievers crush their races no matter what level when no matter what challenges you're going through just like for example danica that was the second open water swim ah! <laughs> didn't have a bike <laughs> Okay, or or John, John, who actually had gone through like a lot of nutrition that he learned and also, you know, with all the discomfort and pain that he had gone through, it was a lot much better now. Um, so if you are, we, what we want to tell you, if you're looking for a training plan, don't want to disappoint you because we don't just give training plan. <laughs> all right. So what we give is training, nutrition body maintenance, race strategy, and mental fitness. So those five things. So, or if you need some help just to get, you know, see what's your blind spot or help you out, just put the needle to the next step, give you a game plan for the best next step. We give you a 15 minute free call, nothing to pay free call for actually do uh, just give advice for you guys and help you find out, understand what your challenges are so that you can, you don't be stuck on the same thing, or at least open up your mindset or open up your eyes of like, what else are you guys missing? So if you want that call, it's only 15 minutes, hashtag game plan. And Vinetta and I can help you out. So going back to you both, is there anything else like maybe, 
top thing that you would like to share or just top thing if an athlete's uh, coming to how you were back before the coaching, what would you advise them uh, that they can learn from you now uh, after, after your achievement? <laughs> it's, it's like, dude, Coach Fiori, you, you said call it. I was right. trying to be <laughs> polite, but I'm, I'm happy right. to go. So, right, so for, go. Me, for, for me, um, the biggest learning, so, I mean, this is partly the pandemic I had last year was supposed to be my big race year and I had a perfect progression of sprint to Olympic to long long form and then my half Ironman but um, my main training triathlon was actually when was that coach the two three months ago that's a long time to be trying to like hit your peak fitness you know three months apart and I I really struggled um, with that so I think I would definitely structure a training plan differently next time and, and not trying to like hit my peak for six months and maintain it for such a long time. It's just really hard on your body. It's really hard mentally, mostly for me. So that would be my one takeaway, you know, know when your A race is and just make sure that um, everything you're doing or your, your B races or your training races are kind of like within a, you know, a structured time frame and make logical sense um, just so that you can make sure you're peaking at the right time. Agree. <laughs> Cause he actually, John had two races. So he, he picked it, but yeah, got it. Yes. Yes. Got it. I agree. All right, Danica, your turn. I would probably just say, uh, I mean, following a structured plan for sure is, is huge. Um, but making sure that it's set at what you should be doing, because I originally wasn't pushing myself as hard as I should have been in my leading up to the 70.3 that I just did. So that, and, um, probably communicating. I know that's something that I feel like even during my race, I was like, I should have asked coach about this maybe or like, Oh my gosh, I need to have, I need a message coach about like my swimming. Cause this my only my second open water swim. As soon as I got out of the water, I was like, I need more experience in this. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, just those are things that I ran through my head that were like important, very important things that um, I know that I, I have a lot of room for improvement. And, but yeah, those are the top things I can think of. It's just sticking to something structured and knowing it's at your level of what you should be doing. And really focusing on probably more than like the workouts, um, just knowing and uh, learning about like the nutrition and the research and studying different pieces to like work smarter, not harder kind of thing. So hmm. that was kind of a big thing for me as well. Cool. When you say uh, the, the training peaks, set, is that, did you mean that setting your zones, the intensity of your Yeah, okay. making sure gotcha. they're set where right they should, okay. you know, like instead of running 10 minute miles for somebody who's experienced, you know, Pushing it to like, you know, making sure they're at like the eight minute or, you know, making sure your zones are set right. And yeah, because that was kind of, that's huge. Probably you guys uh, for the first. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, I want to say till next week. All right. This is not a goodbye, but till next week. And we have learned a lot from Danica and John. Thank you so much, Danica and John, for your time. If you guys have been inspired Let's say thank you to them for their time. Really appreciate it. So everyone, we have another weekly live training next week. Keep training and always feel good. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.